Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Podcast. We're the Switch to Manual guys. I'm Antonio. And I'm Tom. And today we thought we would talk to you about time. It's about time. Yeah. Tom, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, in its most basic essence, I think photography is clearly about capturing a moment in time. So there's that notion right there. And then there's just all the other ways in which time relates to the the art of photography. But we might want to begin with just this notion of, you know, capturing a moment in time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from the vantage point of hindsight, looking back on some of the classic images, which, of course, at the moment were just, you know, people were photographing what was happening around them. And it's only with the advantage of the passage of time and, you know, a sense of history that we look at certain images and and marvel at them. But And even on a more everyday level, I mean, you know, Tony, you and I were looking at that book of Ouija mm-hmm. images and there's that famous shot that he took uh, on the beach at Coney Island of just all the beachgoers. Thousands, the thousands, thousands of, people. of people. Packed like sardines and... You know, we've been down to Coney Island, and we've both done a lot of shooting down there. And there's never been he, as many people. As yeah, <laughs> no, there's never been that many people. But I, but still, you can imagine, you know, this guy who went all over the city, and he was at Coney Island on a crowded day, and he took a shot. And who knows if he realized or had any idea how iconic that image would become. But, I mean, we it's recognizable worldwide now as being such a classic image because he captured that particular moment in time it was a and it was a moment in time in new york history when people didn't have as much money as they do now and they can go fly off to the hamptons and stuff like that that they all ended up going down to coney island so there were more people down there yeah that's true i would go down to that same pier and shoot at the same angle that ouija did and i would never ever get as many people in the picture as I could. And looking at that shot and imagining all those people there, it must have been an amazing scene to see. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, you know, Ouija spells his name. It was W-E-E-G-E-E. You know why he's called Ouija? Uh, about a Ouija board? A Ouija board. Yes. He used <laughs> to, because he was a crime photographer. He worked for the newspapers and he was always able to be someplace where like something was about to happen. And so somehow the name got change from the Ouija board spelling of Ouija to Ouija, W-E-E-G-E-E. So anyway, I thought I'd throw that in because I'm a bag full of photography knowledge and trivia. <laughs> yeah, well, it's fascinating and it's totally pertinent to what we're talking about because he knew how to be in the right place at the right time. Right. And not clairvoyant or anything like that, but he would pay attention to what was going on in the city and would would know to be in those those places. Yeah. So his everyday pictures, like I think I'm going around taking pictures every day. I mean, I am capturing a moment of time, but it's not, you know, a moment in capital T-I-M-E. I'm not trying to put my photography down, but it's just like those things, you know, those kind of moments don't don't happen that often. That you go out to Coney Island Beach and then there's a bazillion people out there, you know, it happens once in a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some some shots that are iconic in a historic kind of sense but but even what you're doing with your street shots Antonio I, I think there's clearly a sense of it's it's a it's a fleeting moment of time and it gets at that ephemeral 
nature of life and art and it's it's an effort at capturing something i mean that's in the um the other podcast we did about color versus black and white and talking about matching colors and just the the randomness of life and and that has to do with moments of time too so sometimes i think you know in that the everyday it doesn't have to necessarily be a historic moment mm-hmm. to give that sense of this was a particular moment in time that is is never going to be recreated. Although another aspect of all of this that's becoming more and more popular is the effort to recreate images, to, to look at older historic images and to to recreate them from a more modern point of view. Well, it's sort of a then and now kind of Exactly, kind of thing. yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, which mean, is another way of playing with time. And yeah, I know you've got a good story about that from a, a personal point of view. Yeah, I mean, I, I got interested in, in the before, the then and now pictures, and I saw some guy had done a project, I think, in someplace in Washington State, where he sort of merged pictures, the modern pictures, with old shots. So he had like a hill, and there was a tram going down the hill, and he sort of merged it with the modern shot of the same hill, and he shot it from the same angle. Uh-huh. And that got me very interested in that myself. And I want to do a project um, that I have in mind called The Ghosts of Kings. Kings meaning Kings County here in Brooklyn. And uh-huh. um, there's a lot of historic pictures of Brooklyn. And I'd like to go back and recreate the shots. Um, I just haven't yet. It's one of those projects on my to-do list. Something that happened a couple of years ago, and I might have talked about it in one of the, on Bart's podcast, but I don't think I've talked about it here, is that... Uh, Recently, I'll try to make the story short. Recently, I've gotten reconnected with my brother and sister, half brother and half sister, I haven't seen in years. And so, before we had this gathering, I went through all the pictures that I have of my my fathers. We all have the same father. And he was a photographer, and I don't have a lot of his pictures, but I had this contact sheet that somehow I had, and it was a shot of uh, President Kennedy driving in a limousine. And uh, doing some research, I found out that it was in New York. He was coming out of Gracie Mansion. And the, the, the week I found the picture and the week I was doing this research was actually a week before the 50th anniversary that my dad took that picture. Huh. It just happened to be. He shot it in 1962, in May of 1962. And it was May of 2012 that I found the picture. And it, we figured out the date. Me and a friend uh, online, we figured out the date of the shot. And so I printed up the pictures and I... On that day, the 50th anniversary, I ran out to Gracie Mansion and I stood there and I held the picture up um, in my hand and I took a shot of the surrounding area and I sort of, so you can see the, the context around where Kennedy was. I, I couldn't tell that it was New York until I, I did the research, but once I found it, I was there and I was standing in the corner where my dad was standing and I looked out and I said, that's where Kennedy drove down this street. He went up that road. He came down this street. My dad was standing here and he looked around and he took pictures behind him. And it was, a, you know, it may not have been the best photography. I mean, it was really kind of like a moment for me to explore what the context of what my dad was doing. Uh, and it just happened to be the timing was, you know, the 50 years and then you know the next week after that i was getting together with my family again for the first time you know we all it's like i said we all share the same father so i was able to share that that photograph with them um so it had a lot of meaning yeah that, that's fascinating and and it's fun yeah and you know and it goes to show that i mean there's the personal 
meaning in relation to time, you know, for you 50 years later to find that right before a family reunion and a picture your, your dad took. And, you know, I, I think in other ways, the, the passage of time can come to bear on the meaning of an image, you know, mm-hmm. like one, one image that comes to mind for me is I, I was shooting a protest, I think, you know, like maybe two years ago in Manhattan and there was a, a guy in, uh, you know, marching in this protest had a big image of the photograph taken during the, the civil rights movement, the, one of the classic images, I'm not sure who took it, but it's a police dog attacking Mm -hmm. African American. It was a, you know, really powerful black and white image. So this guy was marching in a protest, holding up that sign. I mean, that image. And so I have an image of that. So it's some, I think some interesting things having to do with time are going on there. It's Mm -hmm. sort of like the same struggle for justice. I mean, that's, clearly what this man i i think that was his thinking in bringing that photograph with him on the march and and i i think it worked you know it's so it's like a color image of modern day protesters with that black and white image of the dog attacking a man oh that's interesting wow. yeah so it's hmm. lots of uh Temporal well, kind of time-related aspects to that. Crossing time barriers, too. And, and yeah. In that sense, of the same struggle, you know, right, is going right. on. Yeah, I mean, part of this about time is, like, we, we talked about this before, you know, looking at the old photographs, old pictures that photographers took a long time ago, and finding where these pictures were taken. I was thinking going and doing it then and now, I mean, that's a great project to do is uh-huh. to go find the kind of pictures that you like and try to find the locations that they were shot in and recreate them. And if anything, it, it gives you the context of where uh, what the photographer was dealing with at the time when they were taking the pictures. It gives it, it fills the, the story of the picture a little bit more. Yeah. And there there's some interesting books out, you know, on then and now in different cities. And I have one of, of Brooklyn. Well, do you know Bernice Abbott? No, I don't. Uh. No. What? Bernice Abbott. She photographed New York City, amongst other places, but she did a very, very famous book of New York City, and I'm spacing out on the name of it, but it's easy to find. And her, but by the way, anybody who's listening to this, if you don't know her work, go look at her pictures. There's probably tons of them online. Beautiful, beautiful work of New York City. Uh, More recently, a photographer took the same kind of camera she had, walked around New York, and he had researched the time in which she had taken the picture. So if she had taken a picture in February of you know 1933, uh-huh. he went and took the same picture in February of whatever the modern year is he did. You know, it was probably in the past 10 or 15 years this guy did this. He used the same camera, the same lens, pretty much the same film, and recreated the pictures. And I think that is a book now. Uh-huh. Interesting. And, you know, it's one thing he's, I don't say he's duplicating the pictures. Of course, you're going to see the before and after. But the fact that this photographer went around with the same equipment, you know, uh, even in modern times and got what a sense of, you know, history that he's dealing with. He's getting into her shoes and, and, and walking around and, and seeing what she said. In some cases, not seeing because the buildings were gone. 
Uh huh. Yeah, it can be, I think, a celebration of someone else's art and then an addition to it. Like it's Marsha Rice did the Brooklyn Then and Now, R E I S S. And uh, it's exactly that same thing you're describing. Well, you know, some- yeah. And at some point, someone's going to take the pictures that we're making now in 50 or 100 years and they're going to do it then and now with what we have. Well, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's capturing these moments in time and we're, we're, we're making these slivers, you know, in the time continuum by making these photographs. But Tony, you're talking as if there will come a time when we won't be here anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We're always going to exist in photographs. (laughs) Or at least all the people that I'm photographing, I don't ever take pictures of myself. 50 is the new 30, man. Yeah. Well, you know, an- another thing we wanted to talk about was the those rare moments when you are in the right place at the right time. And also the the notion that what's going on in the world, sort of the kind of social context we find ourselves in can have a lot to do with the, the power and mm-hmm. meaning of an image. Yeah, think- you were talking about a shot that you took at another protest, right? Yeah, yeah, there were there was one there's a protest um of the Iraq war in DC and protesters had spilled out into an intersection and and blocked traffic and a young woman knelt down with a piece of chalk and wrote quoted the Dylan Thomas poem Rage Against the Dying of the Light and and her handwriting was really beautiful and it was just it was such a a historic and ephemeral moment um capturing this social protest in the in the middle of an intersection so you can't you know that's not all of that's not entirely obvious i mean i have some other shots of people jumping up and down and dancing in the intersection and you can sort of tell what's going on but but my favorite image really is just that chalk handwritten message it's it's a favorite of mine and i mean it has personal meaning but it feels like it's it's capturing a larger moment and in history as well. More more recently, it happened to be the night of the funeral for one of the NYPD officers that was executed mm-hmm. recently. I was in Chinatown and um, there was a there was some street graffiti that said "Not all cops are bad," and you know I was very mindful of the fact that this funeral was going on for this officer who had been killed, and so of course to to see that graffiti on that particular night and it was raining and and this whole context of what's going on today with the yeah. police in general i mean it's a, an important well, obviously it's an important voice yeah 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 so i that's another aspect of time i think especially as it relates to street art which is something that you and i both like to capture there's oftentimes there's relevant messages you know being put up by artists that have to do with this moment in time, this time in which we live. And street art is so ephemeral. I mean, I, it's one of the things I like, I love to take pictures of. Yeah. Because it's there and gone. There's the shot that you took of some building in Williamsburg. Uh, and, the, and, and one time we went down there and the building was gone. And I think I have a picture of you shooting the remnants of what was there. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so... You know, we, we take all these pictures and we don't know how long the subjects in our pictures are going to be around. 
Yeah, especially street art. Yeah. Well, it's about time. It's about time. <laughs> I like that that you that I like the name of that. Like it's about time because photography. When you first mentioned this to me, and I was like, "Wow, well, we're going to talk about time exposures," but even that is like, you know, without being technical, taking long exposures. You know, with photography, we're we're capturing these moments of time, these slivers, and we're also capturing lengths of time. Everybody's doing time lapse photography, where you're you're seeing time compressed into hours and days compressed into into minutes things that we couldn't see with our naked eyes or even when you're taking a long exposure the all this time is being included in the image yeah yeah i guess you could say it's a manipulation of time whether it's freeze framing one sliver of a moment or as you're talking about now compressing many many moments into a shorter period of time yeah. so we experience it differently when I mentioned time lapse and the recent protest, the climate protests, did uh -huh. you see there was a time lapse that someone took on a roof of yeah. of the marchers coming down? I think it was Sixth Avenue, uh -huh. and I think the news organizations were saying, "Well, there was, you know, they said tens of thousands or something." The number was weird the way they said it, but when you're uh -huh. when you visualize it with this time lapse, you you know that it was more than what they were talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, it's the difference between just uh, a random number versus actually seeing, seeing a it with your own eyes. river of people. Right. Yeah. And we can only see that because time was compressed. Mm -hmm. from, I mean, it, and it's not still photography. So I am talking about time lapse. So it's 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 motion. But I think the same concepts come across. Yeah. Yeah. And being there at that, you know, that photographer being there in that moment of time, being able to get that time exposure or that that time lapse in the context of what's going on. Right. You know? right. So we see that there are probably, you know, nearly a hundred thousand people who are part of this protest that's going on. And we know with our own eyes that there's more than what we're being told. Now I don't want to get political on this, but you know, yeah, it's, well, it's certainly what it felt like being on the ground at that one. That reminds me of another image that I took right after speaking of climate, right after hurricane Sandy hit, I was out documenting the damage, and I, I this is one of the most unusual experiences of my photographic life, but I there just happened to be uh, like a a baseball size globe of the earth on the on the ground in this random street in Brooklyn. So I, I knelt down and shot away, and now whenever I present collections of my images having to do with Sandy, I always include that image mm -hmm. and it just, you know, it gives such a, it's, it's such a, an odd looking image with this small vulnerable earth globe on the street in mm -hmm. Brooklyn. But in the context of Sandy, I mean, whenever I showed that image, people immediately understood, I think, you know, that I was trying to convey something about the fragility of the earth and, but, you know, in a different context, had the storm not hit or who knows what, what it might might come to represent something more broadly environmental over time when people, well, I guess that, that gets into the notion of captioning, you know. Yeah, yeah, well, that picture might not have had the strength had it not been the background, the result of this huge storm that we suffered. Yeah, you know, if exactly. it was just an earth and some debris, you may not have, it may not have meant as much. But the context of where you took it and the time you took it. Yeah, it, right. It, it, it elevates the image and its message. 
It's true. And it, and it would take a, a caption to just secure the significance of the image, you know, which, and that, that may be another worthwhile podcast is just, you know, the notion of captions and what we say about images, but it brings to mind that Humans of New York, such a, you know, beautiful book and, mm-hmm. and that photographer whose name is escaping me, you know, is getting some, I think, well-deserved attention and his captions are so wonderful. I mean, sometimes they're essays, but sometimes it's just a few sentences that flush out a particular image in, in really interesting ways. Mm-hmm. Right. When we talk about it's about time, it's also about context, too. Yeah, right. Well, I think it's about time. <laughs> it's, it's about time that we wrap up. Wrap up. It's about time. Well, that was fun. Yeah, it's a good topic. Yeah. And and to be continued too because we're not we this thing about capturing moments in time does not stop. I mean, it's what we're doing all the time. And now I'm going to say every time I say time, I'm going to be thinking of this. <laughs> yeah. We're self-consciously using I know, it. Now. I know. Cool. That's it for today. Look, we are looking for suggestions and feedback from you guys. Um, we're really happy that you're listening, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're getting we're getting an audience. I think we're getting some legs here. So with that in mind, we would like to solicit feedback and suggestions and questions. So please email us at info at switchtomanual.com so that we can get your feedback. You can also talk to us on Facebook. We're Facebook people. And Twitter, we're at switch the number two manual.com. Sorry, not dot, switch. It's at switch to manual. There's no dot com on a Twitter address. So at switch to manual, Twitter. And we're starting a Google Plus community. Please join us there too. If you are Google Plus fans, it's a great place to post pictures and ask us questions. And we're posting lots of tips and information. So go to Google Plus and look for switch to manual. We're on there and we look forward to seeing you nice community we have going there well we want more people right yeah and we'll probably devote a podcast to just taking questions answering questions and seeing where that leads so do send them in absolutely yeah you know we're two guys sitting here we want to hear from you so anyway thanks for joining us and we will see you next time and i'm antonio and i'm tom and good night adios